0: Hello, I'm I'm Olivia Wilson and welcome to ThoughtShare, a safe place uh, to share your thoughts on topics that matter to you. Now, a bit of a disclaimer, uh, we're going to be talking a bit about coronavirus but hang tight because we are prioritising students today. Um, So, you know, we've been in the news a lot from admissions to university, to exams, to outbreaks of COVID-19 and student halls, to whether or not they'll be coming home for Christmas. So, I want to know how the pandemic has changed the university experience and how do they think it will impact future students' view of the university and life generally? So instead of talking about them, I thought, we might talk to them? So joining me is first year student at the University of Edinburgh, uh, Tizzy Robinson Gordon, and third year student at the University of well Glasgow slash St Andrews it's all very confusing we'll touch upon that in a moment (laughs) (laughs) welcome Welcome. ThoughtShare thanks so much for joining me so yeah first of all Valeria tell me a bit about what you're studying and why it's so confusing that you're both at Glasgow Uni and St Andrews
1: so I'm studying medicine and because St Andrews is basically too small to have a proper hospital so I can't do clinical placements there So I had three years there and now I am in Glasgow to finish the rest of my degree. So we've joined the third year medical students at Glasgow.
0: Nice. And so how are you adjusting to that? Because obviously third year, you've been kind of, you know, you've established your friendships, you know, you found your feet at St. Andrews and now it almost feels like you're a first year again, right? But kind of without everyone else being in the same boat, How how are you finding that?
1: Yeah, so in a way it's actually in some ways it's worse than being a fresher because you're coming into a year group of everyone that already knows each other and then so I've come with a group of about 20 to 30 other um, St. Andrews people that haven't even been able to see Um, and I've only had interactions with people like my course mates on Zoom so it's been a bit weird Um, but yeah I mean it is what it is we have to accept things as they are and I'm just grateful that at least I've like, got my uni course and I, can, that, and I can still access it online.
0: And um, Tizzy, tell us a bit about yourself, what are you studying?
2: Um, so, very different. I'm studying history and English. Um, And I get to do it all in one city, unlike (laughs) yourself, spread across two. Uh, I guess it's good you get to know two places Um, And equally mine's very much online, Uh, it's about 95% of the course is online so it's lots of reading, lots of sort of online chats like this, a couple of discussion boards and just using the internet to read and read widely about my degree rather than actually going to a library or something.
0: (laughs) And and how how are you feeling about that because obviously you know university did you have this idea of what university life was going to be like? Um...
2: Yeah absolutely Um, I mean it's strange because I think I mentioned before it took a month for me to actually meet a member of academic staff Um, so everything has sort of been really like self-motivated self-driven I think if you're not a particularly motivated individual university like this or this approach to studying would be so hard because there's nothing to like hold you accountable so in a sense it has been really hard because I thought it would be more like school with like deadlines and boundaries and essays and whilst there is an element of that I think because it's so individual um, it's not really the university environment or experience that I had expected Mm,
0: because did you have to kind of go through that period of readjusting in terms of, so in March, obviously you'll probably have just picked what you knew you were going to go to, I imagine is my guess when the coronavirus hit or you'd already picked your- um,
2: I actually took a gap year. Oh, okay. I'd already yeah. picked, yeah. yeah. So um, I was a year behind because um, yeah. I'd taken a year out. Um, so in that sense, I was quite lucky because everything was set in stone that I was definitely going to Edinburgh. Um, but when you have so much time at home, um because of the lockdown like everyone else had um you you want the opportunity to leave like you univ- that university gives you so when you then have this which isn't at all what you expected hmm. it can feel quite disappointing
0: yeah because i was going to say did you have to kind of readjust what your expectation of university was from being that kind of fun party new experience seeing lots of different people to kind of adjusting to the fact that it's a pandemic time but it sounds like you have to have I mean, I'm just kind of hazing a guess here. it sounds like you have to have two periods of readjusting your expectation of what uni was. So the first expectation was, you know, readjusting it from, you know, it being this fun meeting loads of people experience to readjusting it to, OK, it's a pandemic, but I'm being reassured by universities that it's safe to come and it won't be that much different then having to live the reality of of what that was.
2: Yeah there was sort of two periods of adjustment for sure. I think especially over the summer it was becoming more and more clear that there would definitely be no sort of freshers week, there would be no clubbing, no like sociable element that we'd expect. So I guess you had that adjustment and then equally I agree when we then arrived and the university had said it was going to be hybrid learning and actually it was very much online learning, Um, it was then the sort of first month where you had to really get to grips with this new system and actually embrace what you were living in rather than um, your expectations you sort of had to put aside what you had expected in Mm -hmm. order to fully understand and engage with what they had provided Um, and I think that's why the first month had so much um, tension between the students and like why there was so much uproar from all of us because I think it had been the shock of arriving and it just very much not being prepared, not being what we had expected. So I guess you could be critical of us and say that perhaps we were foolish in thinking it was going to be better Um, but actually yeah it it took a long time to readjust and I'd say we're only really settling into it now, um, exactly what it's like Um, and we're still quite due this towards January because I think January is going to be another period of readjustment again.
0: It just sounds like loads of episodes of readjustment, I mean what's it been like being the subject of so much news you know what's it like being you know one of the students that the media are constantly talking about?
2: I mean it's good because I think students and young people often don't have a big voice Um, and I still found that even when that sort of last week of September when every headline was about students the quietest voice amongst all of it was ultimately the students because it was always what the government said and what the university said rather than those caught in the middle was the students um, and I think that's not particularly helpful when students already don't have a, a, the best of stigmas, um, you know, but there's always a stereotype that we're the ones breaking the rules, out partying, making fools of ourselves, et cetera. Um, so it was nice to finally have some light shed on what was going on and what was affecting the students the most. Um, obviously, it's now gone very quiet and students aren't as much of an issue, but it was really exciting at the time, definitely.
0: No, I bet. I think, as you say, it's quite nice to you know give students, you know, a chance to actually have a voice and, you know, share their concerns and hold you know people in power to account Um, and I thought that was a really interesting dynamic to see and Valeria so you mentioned you kind of feel like you're reliving first year again or in some ways it's kind of worse because not everyone's in the same boat people have established those friendships how on earth did you navigate um, finding new friends in a pandemic?
1: Um, Yeah so basically it was these people that I met on zoom um, and then I messaged them and like I met up, met up with them outside and I'm just so lucky that Scotland isn't in lockdown because if we we're in the situation that England is in right now that wouldn't be possible and it would all be so much worse and it's just like I don't know at least there's that option we can go meet people in a park or go for a walk whereas for people especially people that live by themselves or live with someone that they don't get on with it just means that they'd be by themselves for the whole day which is just so detrimental to their mental health
0: yeah, and have you heard like other stories of people in similar situations to you who are having to actually Kind of endure a really difficult time in the difficult situation. What kind of stories have you heard?
1: So the people that I've spoken to they're all I think they all have quite supportive flatmates and they got on with them quite well um, So I mean I live with one person right now and we do get on but we're not ever really going to be the best of friends and it's fine It's just like, I'm a very extroverted person and I need to be around people and talking to people or my mental health really does suffer a lot. And I think for this reason, I might have struggled more than some more introverted people have. And I think if like we were in a full lockdown right now, it would be really, really, really hard for me and for so many people like me. So yeah, it's just not, it's not ideal. And it's mad to see how it's affected some people so much more than others. Like some people seem completely fine because some people are better on their own. Whereas for people that rely on like social interactions, it really is so difficult for them.
0: And what support, um, you know, are universities you know, giving students for their mental health? Because obviously this is uh, you know, such a difficult, you know, new, weird time for everyone.
1: Yeah so there are there are the uni mental health like services which are quite easy to apply for but the only thing is because they're considered short-term services so they don't actually cater for like that many mental health conditions like I don't know like eating disorders and things like the border personality disorder which do affect a lot of students so that's not ideal and then The other thing is the services stop for two weeks over Christmas and for people that are receiving regular like consultations with counsellors or like therapists those two weeks are probably important for them so that's also not ideal and then there is also the issue of waiting times for these services so that's not ideal and then again there are NHS services but the waiting times for these are like so so long. Um, so then, the only option for lots of people is to access private um, healthcare, like mental health services, which many people can't afford. So it's all really, really difficult, basically. Yes,
0: yeah, so lots of people kind of you know slipping through the gaps there. What about you, Tzini? What, what what have you noticed? You know. Um, yeah, I found that really
2: funny that you say about like uh, it being nine to five. Like it is like the approach to mental health at university is very much like an office job like Mm. it's nine to five you might get like an automated reply if it's past five o'clock when you email for help like it's it's very like they're very good at saying that they support you but actually when you go to physically access it as Valeria said like there's a there's a lot of barriers to support if you do want it and I I think universities as a whole seem very good at launching mental health campaigns they're good like superficially but actually when they're put to the practical test when people actually ask for help it's just not there or it's not in the format that every student can receive it and I think especially in halls um, like long-term disorders like you said especially eating just from like personal experience um, the problem is you could be given a counsellor but You'll have to explain your backstory to them so quickly you might only have a 25 minute or 35 minute appointment with them it's also all virtual online so you have this sort of social barrier as well um, and yeah I just think there is a big gap in mental health support because I don't think anyone really quite knows the best approach to take to students especially in this climate where we are massively uh, separated from most individuals like there is literally no human other human contact apart from the people that you live with and i think with social living as well you get this element that if you're not in a good flat um so like lara said like you've got your friendly flatmate but they're not necessarily going to be your friend for life if one person's feeling down then it tends to bring everybody down or you can end up feeling so ostracized despite being around so many people um so yeah I do think there is a big a big gap in mental health support for for students
0: and it's been a a topic of conversation long before the pandemic Mm. started particularly amongst students and amongst young people because of so many different factors you know social media being one of them you know you know for various different reasons and you mentioned as well about you know things such as you know eating disorders you know borderline personality disorders all these really specific kinds of mental health conditions um and it, it did get me thinking about you know when the students were in quarantine in certain halls and food packages were being given to them. And I wonder yeah. what impact that would have, you know, have you heard any kind of stories or do you have any kind of, you know, thoughts about, you know, the, the, the food being offered and then the kind of impact it can have on people's mental health there?
2: Um, definitely. So, um, when I had to quarantine, um, we had to, we had food delivered, um, which if it it wouldn't necessarily fit everyone's diet particularly if you are say in recovery from um, eating issues. Um, In the end I went back to previous support that I'd had um, actually that I just reached out through my parents and had private support um, with a dietitian from before but like there's no way I would have been able to just eat what the university had provided me because they don't process, obviously, they just can't cater to everyone. And I mean that both food physically and also everyone's specific needs. And I think eating is such a specific thing at university as well, because it's the first time you have independence around food. So I think there's quite a few stories and I know quite a few girls, um, and I say girls because it is mainly girls, um, that have struggled with the university's approach to food. And also, for example, in um, the big catered accommodation Pollock, Um, they transitioned the food support. So where you'd previously be able to sit with your friends, go and get your food, a bit like if you remember school catering was, it's exactly like that. It's called the JMCC. Um, But unfortunately, because of COVID restrictions, each table then became individual. You couldn't sit with your friends. So you had to start sitting on an exam style table on your own with a two meter radius to the next table, which to some people that already have detrimental anxiety around food, just creates an atmosphere of problematic it, like just problems yeah. um so it it has facilitated mental health problems further without a shadow of a
0: doubt gosh uh, do you feel like that is also an aspect that's just been completely overlooked and not even considered
2: that must completely be completely and
0: utterly yeah it must be so that in itself must be really really isolating in a situation where you know be having restrictions being in up lockdown and not having those kind of activities you can escape to and distract yourself with mm. there is a feeling of you know isolation are you concerned about christmas are you concerned about not being able to go see your friends and family at christmas because there's obviously been a lot of chat about that particularly in scotland
2: yeah i think there has always been an element of concern especially back in september when they first said you might not be able to go home but i think Equally, everyone's always had the thought at the back of their head that if you're in the fortunate position enough that your parents are at home or your guardians are at home, if worse came to worse, they would come and get you. So there's always been that element of anxiety towards Christmas. But given everything so far has been guidelines and voluntary rules. I think everyone's always had this awareness that worst came to worst, they would make it home because their parents would probably try their best to do anything to get them back, regardless of any rules that were probably broken in the, in the process. So morally, perhaps that is wrong, but I think that's the sort of stance that most students have taken, especially everybody that I know. It could be a challenge to get home, and that has been a weight on people's shoulders, but there's always been a reminder that, that it would probably be possible no matter what
1: absolutely and what about
0: yourself larry what do you think what are your worries or are you confident you'll get home
1: Christian? so the big fear is that they so they're saying that we should have a test or two tests within five days i think it is and that if you're positive then you have to self-isolate so i think the big fear is testing positive and then having to self-isolate for two weeks And not making it home for Christmas Mm. but I think if that doesn't happen then I'm pretty confident that I will be able to get home um and I think the thought of going home for Christmas is what's getting lots of students through um the dark November days so I mean I don't know what I'd do if I wasn't able to go home for Christmas so fingers crossed.
0: Yeah hopefully. Now you know we, we talked a lot about uni and the kind of practical sides of things but I just I suppose it's a more philosophical question I mean, how, I'll start with you, Valeria. How do you think, you know, students generally, first of all, have responded to these changing events? Because essentially what this is, this is about responding to drastic change and to kind of hardship, you know, is, are you, have you been impressed by, you know, the the fact that students have kind of just adjusted their expectations and kind of ploughed on and gone to uni and kind of got on with it and stood up for themselves and advocated for themselves?
1: Yeah so I mean I think there's quite a big spectrum of how people have um, responded to the Covid situation so there are some people that are very strict with following all the rules um, and then kind of there's the middle ground people that do follow, want to follow as the rules as like as well as they can as closely as they can but then they also acknowledge the fact that people's mental health is still important so they would still consider meeting someone not in their household for a coffee if it's gonna be put, like have a beneficial effect on both their mental health and then there are some people that don't care at all and i know we got an email about people having house parties over halloween and things like that so i mean there's quite a big spectrum but i think overall i am quite impressed with how students have responded to it because lots of people are following the rules pretty closely, and it's quite it's quite impressive because uni is a time that is associated with going out and like such a big social scene, and to then have that completely like stripped from students, it is it is a big deal. It definitely is.
0: And I have to say, I'm, I'm quite surprised by it, or or rather impressed because. I particularly, you know, I've mentioned this kind of era of social media comparisons and having perf- perfect lives and a cer- you know, doing things in a certain way. So, for example, uni is meant to be, for, for a lot of people at least, it's meant to be this lifestyle. It's meant to be this fun event. It's meant to be this exciting time. You meet loads of friends. And a lot of the, the difficulties, I think, with uni and you know collides with people's mental health is that is grappling with something that doesn't necessarily meet those expectations and having to kind of deal with that and navigate that and that's just you know things you know you don't make friends as easily or you know it's not as fun as you thought it was but this is a whole different thing this is a hot this is a global pandemic you're having to deal with and i do want you know it it did make me think about resilience and um i just wanted you know how, how would you define resilience you know has it has it got you reflecting about this do do you think you know students themselves have been surprised at how they've just kind of got on with it or is it this sense of well we're all in this together and that's really helped
1: so I think resilience is all about how like dealing how you deal with the unexpected and dealing with the random things that life throws at you and I think um, lots of people who would have thought they were quite resilient realised that maybe they were in fact less resilient than they previously thought because I mean this has been, the whole Covid experience has been unlike anything any of us have ever experienced and I think a big part of this is getting through the first lockdown in March, like what that started in March, getting through that and then all of a sudden we have a second wave and we have to deal with it all again and I think the impact that that had on people was huge, like knowing that we had to do all of that all over again was pretty mental and i think that may that was probably the big big test of resilience to see how resilient we all were and i mean well i mean i guess we'll see how it goes because we're right in the middle of that second yeah, wave so yeah what about you tizzy what,
0: what are your,
2: what are your thoughts on that yeah i agree completely um i think that's often what the media overlooked is yes the situation for students was pretty dire but there was also this like general sense of camaraderie that we were all in it together um and we were all stuck so we might as well make the best out of it and I think the saying that we like often relied upon is like let's focus on what we can do rather than what we can't do Um, so I can't help but agree um I think we'll probably have better friendships from all of this I try to take some positives being stuck with 10 girls that you literally have never met in your life for two weeks straight um it it does cause friendships to form it also does cause issues about washing up but it it does definitely lead to um really really close strong friendships so there are some things that i think covid um and the resilience we've had to be to show through it will will foster and create um there's definitely positives to take away from this for sure
0: Absolutely, and I, I think you know, pandemic or not, there would still be a few uh arguments about the washing up, uh, so <laughs> you definitely have the university experience there. And um, well, yeah, well, talking about positives, like, we don't want to be all doom and gloom. I mean, have there any been positive moments that you, you've taken, you know, from this pandemic, this lockdown at all?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think one of the highlights so far would probably be, um, I ironically named the COVID-19th birthday that we had um, so my flatmate turned 19 when we were all having to isolate and waiting for our coronavirus test results and the results happened to come back the day of her birthday um, and yeah that was really quite a funny experience um, so I think that's definitely a day that will forever stick in, in my mind and like, yeah, like I said the positives, are, the good experiences would be the fact that I've got friendships perhaps even stronger than most people would have at the start of a university because we don't have that external social element. We're forced to to sort of create friendships within um, particularly our accommodation blocks. So whilst there is a, a barrier to the outside world and friendships outside of um, Accommodation you end up being so close with the people you live with so it, there are certainly positives to take away from it
1: And what about you Valeria? um so i feel like people i mean i've got the impression that lots of more people are looking out for each other than they would usually like i know students are always like they are it is a very caring environment but i mean now i just feel like everyone is trying to be as supportive as supportive they can towards other people for example i have a friend like when he thinks I'm feeling down he'll like facetime me and we'll just study together on zoom because I just can't be productive by myself if I'm not (laughs) feeling great it's just little things like that like it's just it is just nice to feel like people are looking out for you.
0: Well that's lovely now I remember uh, being at uni and doing many an all-nighter with my friend Brody in the library uh, literally for about 12 hours throughout the night so again but um has it changed your view Gen, this is very philosophical but I'm just curious um has it changed your view of you know how life works and this idea that things are beyond your control or at least has it kind of you know put that thought into your mind a bit more than before um you know so this idea of how things are supposed to be are you kind of you know having this experience are you more relaxed about the future and the fact that life you know has a lot of
1: ups and downs yeah absolutely and I think so I've always been quite in control of like I've tried to be quite in control of my future and that's what got me through my teenage years just because from the age of like 15 I was ready to go to leave I was ready to move out and so I just used the thought of getting into medicine to just work and like that was the control that I had over my life and I knew that if I got into medicine, I'd be able to leave. Like, that would be my future. Fine. Sorted. And so that was fine. Went to uni. Like, did three years of uni. And now this. And it has actually been so weird because I I always have, like, I have my routines. I have my coping mechanisms. I know what I need to do to be productive and how to deal with feeling sad and things like that. And then all of a sudden, I can't do these things. Like if I'm feeling sad and missing my family, I can't just go home for the weekend and see them. And it's things like that. And it actually has been had, it has taught me so much because like, I just sometimes like now I know that sometimes I just need to let go of this control and it's hard to deal with, but it's taught me a huge, huge amount. Um, But I'm still learning and I'm not there yet. And hopefully by the end of COVID, I will be. I love that. Um, it's taught me a lot, but um, I don't know it all
0: yet, so don't ask me. <laughs> We're still living through it. Exactly. What about you, Tizzy? Have you got any kind of uh, big, deep thoughts about
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> big thoughts for a 19-year-old, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably taught me that we can't take anything for granted. I think we are all very guilty of how greedy we had become and how we just, everything was at our liberty and that we've just were too settled so I think the fact that this has slightly rocked the, the boat of life I use that as a metaphor as cliche as it sounds um it has definitely taught me that we can't have this certainty about things um I don't know how much it will change the way I look at the rest of life Um, it's been annoying to live with for now and I hope I will take lessons from it Um, and I agree about coping mechanisms it's certainly not as easy to have um, sort of the same routine or the same fallbacks as we all previously had but again maybe that just adds to this element of liberty we need to live a little bit more uh, on the edge or live with a bit more excitement and I think it's all been quite exciting really I know that sounds awful but I think it's introduced us to a new way of living, and yes, I think we yes. won't live the same. We just won't live the same again. Um, so, yeah.
0: What are your predictions, then, in terms of we won't live the same? Like, what do you think is going to change? Our mindset? Is it actual practical things? What- I
2: think it's sort of a mixture of both. I think mindset, for sure, like I said, the lessons that we take away, but also... The, the thought of working a nine to five job, I mean, obviously with me- medicine, it's always going to be different, but the thought of working a nine to five job, my parents personally, they commuted to London every day to work and that will never happen again. It, it, it's simply shown that we just don't need to work in this way. You know, there could be a, a new age of academia. Do lecturers really need to exist when we have recorded um, tutorials that are all on our laptop? Will a lecture ever happen? I don't know. I've, I'm at university and I've never been to a lecture. Gosh, so is- yeah, it does.
0: that before COVID, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think practical things will change. I think I'm lucky to have experienced it young, um, and perhaps I won't have the same working environment that my parents have have had for the last decade or two or three. Um, so yeah, I think things will certainly shift in the future.
0: Are we excited about this potential vaccine announcement? Has this given us a, b- a new kind of surge of hope? What
1: do you think? Valeria? I don't know. I don't want to be too hopeful because I mean the magic vaccine that is everyone's dream <laughs> so I don't want to get my hopes raised but I mean it is all, it's nice to have some positive news for once so I mean it is exciting but I don't want to get my hopes up. Uh, and Tizzy what do you think? I agree
2: but I, I also do regret not investing in the pharmaceutical industry because I hear stocks are booming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been a
2: great money making opportunity <laughs> So perhaps we could just revisit this. Um, Yes, very excited. Um, But it seems too good to be true and often I think I've always been told if things are too good to be true then it probably is, so we'll wait and see. I won't hold my breath.
0: Well yeah, I think uh, if this year's taught us anything it's you know cautious optimism because you never know what will happen but um, it's certainly good news and um, I think that's really it for today. That's everything, you know, we wanted to cover. I know we covered a lot of things, whether it be from, you know, philosophical advice, <laughs> vaccines to the like, to, you know, mental health. Um, it's been a really great discussion. Thanks so so much uh, for joining me guys and, and also bearing with my technical difficulties earlier on our listeners hopefully won't be aware of um, yeah no really appreciate it but you know it wouldn't be a pandemic podcast if it wasn't for some technical zoom issues so there okay. we go but yeah thanks so much for sharing your thoughts today it's been most insightful um but yeah that's it for the week and you can get in touch on twitter and instagram at thoughtshare underscore or on facebook just search with Olivia Wilson that is really quite a tongue twister didn't really realize but there we go <laughs> we'll be back again um next Wednesday at the initial time of 6 p.m